Hey, what's up, Real Madrid fans? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Mushtaq, and on the other side of Skype is Hassan. Uh, Real Madrid are playing two days from now, being on Wednesday. It's going to be against Club Bruges. It's going to be the last group stage match of the Champions League, match day six. So we're going to take a look at that, drop some interesting, I guess, not statistics, but stats and facts about Real Madrid after this weekend. I guess we should also take a bit of a look at the previous game. We didn't even think about that. And uh, we'll drop, of course, our predicted 11s, look at the match day squad, so on and so forth. So, enough of me talking. Let's get <laughs> Hassan, what do you think of this weekend's game? Uh, it's going to be a tricky one, I think. Uh, to a degree, at least. Anyway, I think Valencia haven't been the same. Force they have been in recent seasons. They've been a bit inconsistent this, this year. Primarily no, because weekend, this past game. Oh, this, this past weekend, weekend, my bad, mate. I'm yeah. still, I'm still kind this of. This guy is a game and a half ahead. I am, mate. I am a game and a half ahead. It's always better to be ahead. Um, yeah, no, this, this weekend was an odd one, man. Um, mm. Like the game itself was a very slow burner. Um, mm. I, like we were in control, but not in control, if that makes sense. So I didn't feel like they were going to slip the game away at any point, but it was so laboured. Like, it was really hard to just get through. The, I mean, initially when I first, like, uh, discussed the, the game with a few people, and I was like, I could see these being Leganes almost like, um, and they'll smash, you know, four or five goals past them with these, split them, no problem. No, they're the well, worst defensive in the, the league. And we also we said, said that on the podcast, podcast as well, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, they were a tough nut to crack, man. They were just uh, very dogged, very compact. Um, we couldn't quite seem to just connect the dots and get that killer blow in for some time. Uh, and even when we did, it came with a little bit of luck. Uh, the first goal coming through, Benzema sort of... I didn't even know if he was a clean dribble. Because um, I had to ask a few people, was, like, was that a Benzema assist? Did it come off the defender's foot before he, he tried to pass it off or what? Um, very good finish from Varane, though, I must admit. Great finish for a centre-back who doesn't mm. tend to score a lot. Um, it was pretty sweet like very accurate you're moving away from the net it's like on the far side it's not like a near yeah, side man, it was, it was the goalie's pretty... coming out covering the angle it was very very impressive like you look at it and you're like yeah like good hit but when you watch it when you watch it she's I can't speak when you watch <laughs> it repeatedly when you look at the replays multiple angles and you kind of slow it down a bit and you look at how much it takes and you also have to consider the fact he's like what six four, six five, maybe yeah. even taller. So at that height, it's not easy to like keep a good center of gravity, be able to like compose yourself and get that ball on target, let alone as clean as he did. So enough of uh, the Varane propaganda, but kudos to him. It was a it was a great goal. Yeah, it's a striker's finish, man. To be honest, I'll give him that. Um, and obviously we have Benzema who got the second. Who, uh, to be fair, I can barely remember the build-up to that goal for some very strange reason. It just seemed to blur. Um, I don't know whether it's because I sort of slightly found I was losing gradual interest as the game was progressing. I don't know if you felt the same, but I barely remember the build-up to it, and I just saw the ball, and I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, it was a bit of like, I wouldn't say like a roller coaster because it wasn't insanely drastic, but it was... It was like a bumpy ride because at some points in the first half, Real Madrid was just like dominating. And then towards the end, like going into halftime, I don't know if I'm getting this wrong, but at least to me, it kind of seemed like they lost control a bit. 
Then coming yeah. out of the tunnel again, they seemed very dominant again. You're like, okay, like this looks good. And then it was choppy again after that. And I'm like, what are we doing here? And I really tried watching the game. I mean, half asleep because it was seven o'clock in the morning. I really tried watching the game and trying to see like in the midfield. I, I know it might sound cliche, but I'm so like big on the midfield controlling the game because it's literally true. Like your midfield layer should be the ones controlling it. And when you look when you look at it at the end of the day, the one person who was off, which in a way is scary to say he was off, was Tony Cruz. Because I think in that game he passed for eighty three point five percent pass completion and he only had like thirty-five some odd touches over you know what, let me just look it up. Basically what I'm trying to say is though, it was just a very not Tony Cruz performance. Like he wasn't his industrious self. He usually has the most, if not second most, touches after Sergio Ramos, and he's more often than not passing over ninety percent completion. And yeah. Again, it, it's a stat that some people overlook, but it's one that I place importance on. I don't know what your take on pass completion rate is, but I think for me and knowing how Tony Cruz plays that like metronome kind of style, I think it's so important for him to be like on it. And then he just wasn't. Yeah, it, it was a strange one from him. Um... He's obviously usually that he's like the, like you said the metronome midfield and he just controls everything. Um, so I think I don't know whether it's because he struggled with the fact that it felt like a bit of a scrappy natured game. Maybe he was he wasn't best suited to the the way it was unfolding. Mm-hmm. Um, could even possibly be a, a tad a bit of burnout. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I agree. It was a very untony Cruz type performance. But uh, on the flip side. Um, you had Fede who really stood out again in that game. I think we're um, just going to have to stop saying that on every podcast now. Yeah, it's get, it's getting a bit repetitive, isn't it? It's like every, I think every we'll just have like we'll have a like band. a horn that goes off. Yeah, it'd just be like, and now Federico Valverde, and we'll just pause for about 10 seconds because we're just going to end up saying the same things again and again. But the kid was good. Yeah, he, he uh, I think he was the one that got the assist for Benzema's goal, if I'm not mistaken. He um, was, yes. Yeah, he did. So that's the only bit that goal I remember. It's the fact that Fede assisted it. And obviously all the sort of stats behind Benzema's goal as well. The fact that he's now uh, 50% of Real Madrid's goals in all competition this season. Um, I saw yeah, your tweet. Read off your tweet. That was a good tweet. I'm just trying to find it now because I've tweeted a fair bit since. Um, <laughs> okay, back to the yeah. Tony Cruz thing while you look for that. So I, I looked up his stats on who scored. So he had six crosses, but only one of them met the target. He went two for six on long balls, which is like 33%. He had 55 passes. Sergio Ramos, Danny Carvajal, both had more than him. I mean, Fetty was a close second with just two less. But the thing what I'm saying is the 83.6 pass completion rate is just like beyond me. Like it's surprising. Even at 70 minutes played, he had one key pass the whole game. And I guess, you know, now that I look at it, you said it was a bit of a scrappy game. He was fouled four times more than any other player who stepped on the pitch for Real Madrid. So I think they understood right. that, that, yeah, that's the, the the hub of midfield. So if you, you attack Cruz, you, you've essentially slowed down Madrid's momentum, uh, which, again, there you go, you summed it perfectly in the fact that he was fouled more than anybody else. Uh, here's that Benzema tweet as well, I found. So obviously, that was his seventh assist in all competitions. He's now responsible, as I said, for 50% of his goals. 15 goals or assists in the league and 6 goals and assists in the Champions League. 21 out of 42. Uh, just, it's just silly at this point. 
Uh, so he's 20, got, uh, 21 sorry, 42. Yeah. I was going to say um, 26th in the Ballon d'Or standings, right? Was it oh, God. Don't even remind yeah. me. Just so, sounds about right. It sounds about right. But yeah, 19 games this season, 15 goals, 7 assists. So he's really stepped up. Uh, one thing I did actually mention as well. I can't remember where I mentioned it. Probably on Twitter somewhere again. Um Obviously, a lot of people in Hazard signed it all like that's supposed to be the Ronaldo replacement. I don't think it was. I think I think the Ronaldo replacement was kind of always there in Benzema stepping up. Obviously, he's not maybe not be pulling off the same sort of like fifty plus goals a season that Ronaldo did, but few are ever going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has been that kind of goal contribution per game, near enough guy last season and this season. Uh, well, he's just been you, the talisman. You needed to find. You needed to find like a human being that could do that could fill the role. Like you, you couldn't get another one. I think that's like what some people don't get is like you may never have another Messi or Ronaldo. Like these aren't humans. Like the numbers they put up aren't like they're alien like. Like nobody is really supposed to be able to do that that consistently. So like, like I yeah, get your exactly. point about Kareem Benzema. Like his output, like people are like, oh well, he's not banging fifty goals home. I'm like, yeah, but that's because Ronaldo's from like that's not the point, or though, something. Is it? Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, he's like Superman. Like, there's no one is supposed to score fifty goals a season. But right now, Kareem Benzema should be considered, at least I think we can agree on this, an elite striker in the world, no doubt. Yeah, I, I could. You could possibly argue even the best uh, right now. You could possibly like, argue that. Not only is he scoring goals, he's making assists as well. And then you look at everything else he does, like, as a player, person, his character, blah, blah, blah. It just, like, adds to the resume. It's ridiculous. But we... Yeah, he's just brilliant in all senses. Um, Another player I thought was quite brilliant on on the day as well was Vinicius, who was getting a lot of stick on Twitter again, and I don't understand why. very, very understated game. If you, like... I saw one person tweet this, and I was like, it is so flippin' true. If you just went on Twitter and you looked at Vinicius Jr., like, the things people were saying about him, you would have thought the kid shat the bed on the left wing. But he was actually so good. Four shots, three on target. Last year, everyone said the kid needs to fix up his shot selection. He needs to be able to put on target. Three for four, 75%. I don't know how much better you can get than better than that you can get. Yes, there was one instance where I do feel like he should have laid the ball off to, I think it was Kareem Benzema. But outside of that, yeah, the kids matured so, yeah. so much. Four key passes in the game. Only Kareem Benzema had more than him with six. He had seven dribbles. No one else in the game had more than him. And that that's like his offensive stats. I mean, pretty impressive. Defensively, sure, not really expecting him to do much. But then you carry on. 82% completion in passes. One for three in crosses, not too bad. But still, I mean, for a guy who hasn't gotten a lot of minutes this season, and for someone who got so much shit on Twitter, holy smokes, I wonder if a lot of you are actually watching the games or you just have, like, pre-planned agendas. Or, like, yeah, I don't know again, what's I going said on. that as well. I was like, Soper Score FC is out in force again because it's just it's, it's so stupid. Like, if you watch the game, you'd see that he was very, very important in that game. The um, fact that who scored gave him an 8.35 rating and gave Kareem Benzema an 8.53. Keep in mind, Benzema had a goal and an assist. It just shows you how 
impactful he was. I think one thing people fail to understand is just because the output doesn't show up in the goals and assist column of a stat sheet, it doesn't mean that a person was useless or they didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly, man. It's that's the annoying thing. It's like if they haven't got a goal and assist, they're registered useless. It's, it's such a stupid rhetoric. Anyway, we've talked about this game for twelve minutes now. Let's move forward. Like you said, always looking ahead. Unless there is something else <laughs> to talk about, I don't think so. Um, no, I don't have stuff in my head. I think we've covered all the sort of negative. Oh, real, from real quick. The officiating was pretty trash, giving Fernand Mendy two oh, yellow yeah. cards. For those tackles, are you joking? I think the second one was very Um, And I'm surprised the club hasn't tried to at least appeal that, but hey ho, life goes on. The only thing that's making me slightly not nervous now is the fact that Casemiro still hasn't been suspended. Oh my god! I've just got this horrible, horrible feeling he's going to get suspended in the next game. I'm just keeping me up at night. Good vibes, good vibes only. Anyway, moving forward, like we said at the beginning of this podcast, Real Madrid is going to be taking on Club Brugge. Last time they played, that was match day two of six. It was a 2-2 draw. I mean, that was the one game where early on in the season where people just shot all over um, Thibaut Courtois. And remember, this is after keeping three clean sheets in a row. Two of those games came against Sevilla and then one against Atleti. And he kept, clean, he kept clean sheets. Oh, my God, I can't speak to it. But anyway, this guy got shot all over since then. He's probably been one of the best goalkeepers in La Liga, if not all of Europe. It's been outstanding. I, I don't know. Saw another stat sheet, some tweet on Twitter. I don't know. I'm not going to go look for it. But basically, he's been wicked. And I think I'll let you speak more to that. Yeah. I, I, it's, again, there's people out there who just spreading stupid-ass opinions, like one in particular, and I'm going to name him because I don't don't (laughs) like the pessimistic ways that he brings up, but Kaiser T8, whatever it is on Twitter, he's literally the king of pessimism, I see. Um, Like, I I can't even remember what he said, but I sat there like, this is the most trash thing I've ever read. Because he said, like, oh, uh, the structure's improved, therefore that's why we're so much better. I was like, did you not watch the one save that Courtois made in that Espanyol game where he literally point-back stopped a goal? Uh, and I think that would have seen the draw level. Uh, he's been key in so many games this season. I just don't understand how people are still dropping on him like that. Like the, the confidence issue was there because the amount of fans that were heckling him. Now that he's obviously turned the corner and is showing positive form, like step it up and give him the respect that he deserves instead of constantly finding something negative to nitpick. And there's nothing even negative to nitpick in this situation. So... Yeah, people just need to stop stop looking for something to hate on, even even when there's nothing there to hate on. Anyway, looking at the game more in depth, that game was a huge lapse of defense. That was another point in time early in the season where a lot of people said, oh my gosh, there's no way Real Madrid can win with this defense. Like, we're just going to get Kane. This is going to be absolutely horrible. But then again, you look at all the clean sheets they've kept in the last, you know, the last few weeks. You have a nil-nil against... Real Betis, you have a clean sheet against Galatasaray, a slapping 5-0 against Leganes, don't concede any goals, another slapping against Galatasaray, 6-0. I mean, and then this past weekend is another example. Like, even when the game got dicey, the defense, you know, came in clutch, Thibaut Courtois came in clutch, kept a clean sheet. So I think, is 
even though they're playing Club Bruges, I mean, it's obviously not the stiffest of opponents in Europe by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a great indication, just like the 2-2 draw against PSG last time out in the Champions League, of how far this team has progressed and how good they've become. Yeah, hugely, man. I mean, I think they've got uh, one of the best defences in the league right now. I know Courtois leads the way in clean sheets, as you said. So, again, like there's not much to really be negative about. You can only beat what's in front of you. And even against the sides that are supposed to be quite, you know, that significant bit more testing, uh, yeah. they've come out pretty strongly. I mean, the PSG result, as you said, I think we said in the last episode, it wasn't the best that it ended in a draw, but the general performance was very, very positive. Um, it was just unfortunate, obviously, that the collapse came as a result of a, mis- a defensive mistake um, and sort of uh, players being taken off, so like Fede, for example, and not really replacing the legs that he brings uh, significantly, uh, to be honest. So, yeah, largely that team has massively turned a corner compared to obviously what you saw at the start of the season, what you saw against, you know, games like uh, Mallorca, for example, that was another one. Even against, you know, teams like Real Valladolid where they real, really struggled. Um, compare that now, you go you go into these games far more confident than you did, you know, say six weeks ago. Yeah, well, um, thanks for echoing my points. It's nice that I'm making the points first and Hassan's agreeing with me. And now <laughs> no one will think that I'm just a bandwagoner. But let's take a look at the squad list for Wednesday's game. So, of course, there's three goalkeepers. Um, I think Ariola will get a start, though. I don't see the need to play Courtois. Keep in mind, for those of you who don't know, this game is of no consequence to Real Madrid. Essentially means nothing. Whether they win or lose, they will stay in second place. So you can't go up, you can't go down. There's no, I mean, there's no big deal, really. It's just about putting a good team out there. I think this could even be a match for Zidane to experiment a little bit with different I don't want to say well, different lineups and different mixtures of players, at least through different thirds, just to see how guys, see how the guys work together, communicate together, and if it could be effective back in league play or when the Copa del Rey comes around. I mean, in the early stages, at least. So my bet is that Areola starts in that. What do you think? Yeah, I'd say that's probably a fair fair call. Um, it's, again, keeps him sort of fresh and on his toes. Um, so yeah, it's it's important. I mean, as you said, it's a game with no consequence. So you could, to be fair, even roll out a bunch of Castilla graduates in in the team here and there, and it, it'd be good for them to get that uh, sort of Champions League experience on an away day as well. Unfortunately, there are no Castilla people. Well, Altuve is there, but I mean, what are the chances he gets to start in goal? Moving into defense, though, it's Carvajal, Militao, Veron, Nacho, Oriasola, and Mendy. So that means Sergio Ramos is. Staying at home, he gets to relax. So, my back four will be, I'll go first, because you know why, <laughs> will be Mendy, Militao, Varane, Oriazola. Yeah, you've uh, kind of stolen the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, you probably will. Yes, those. finally. Good, thank God. Could actually see Nacho, though, as well, man. So, you know, uh, I'll differentiate it. I'll say it's Militao and Nacho. Militao <laughs> for Nacho? No, Milito and Nacho Varane probably rare. No, no, no. Come on. That is way too big of a gamble. You think so? Yeah, but even if it is a gamble, what does it matter if they do get absolutely sort of thrashed in the process, which is very unlikely. But 
No, um, it's unlikely. But I, I think like the reason why I could see Varane and Militao playing is because later on in the season, freaking 33-year-old Sergio Ramos needs a bit of a rest. This yeah, there is that. Two of them. So it gives them that kind of chance to hold hands. Yeah, it's kind of bond. Oh, look at cheese. We're just on the same page today. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving into the midfield. It's Luka Modric, Casemiro, Fede Valverde, and the beautiful Isco. So that means, of course, like Sergio Ramos, Tony Cruz is staying back at home and he'll be able to get a rest. And after Saturday's performance, I'm not shitting on the guy. I absolutely love him. have his jersey. I'm just saying, I think he deserves it and he definitely kind of needs it. Anyway, my midfield three are going to be Modric, Modric Valverde, and Isco. Yeah, it's a first. Uh, keep Casemiro rested because the guy's barely had any rest this season. Even when he's gone on national team duty, he's still barely yeah. been given rest. So, yeah, I think this is a good chance to just give him a 90 minutes that he doesn't have to play. Bloody machine. Um, yeah, because the guy just... Like, okay, I get he's an athlete and obviously he's probably somewhat resistant to the fatigue more so than your average Joe. But still, you're obviously going to give him the chance to sort of sit on the bench and just chill out instead of chasing a game that has relatively no meaning. No doubt. And I know this is very, very different. But like here in North America, of course, we have the NBA, um, North American sports. So the NHL, which is hockey and the NBA, which, of course, is basketball. Both of those leagues actually play 82 games over the course of a season. And a lot of people are now saying, like, that's just way too much. It's like very strenuous on the body. And they want to, like, decrease well not kind of they literally do want to decrease the number of games that players play in a regular season because they feel like it's just too much so i mean that's a great example you have guys who are super super athletic i mean the nba and the nhl are the best leagues for their respective sports like there's no debate there's no question about that i don't care what your opinion is like you're wrong there is nowhere else that's better um that being said it just goes to show you like your point that you just made, even though Casemiro is like an elite football player, even he too needs a bit of a rest. That's my rant. Yeah, everyone's human at the end of the day, so yeah, he's exactly. uh, deserving of being that human for a day, at least. Um, Moving into the attack. Sorry, do you want to go ahead? No, no, yeah. Okay, attack, good. Shut up. Um, Karim Benzema, <laughs> Gareth Bale, Luka Jovic, Brahim Diaz, Vinicius Jr., and Rodrigo Gauche. I don't know how to say that last name. I have a Brazilian friend. I should probably ask him how to say that. Because I feel like it's not Gauche. Because Gauche would sound Yeah, I'm, I'm unsure myself. I, I do want to find out. So when you do... I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, I'll let yeah, you know. I'll yeah. let you know. Okay. Let, let, me, let me go first, though. Okay. Can I go first? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I'm saying Vinny on the left. Jovic on the... I mean, Jovic in the middle, sorry. I was going to say Jovic in the right, that's radical. (laughs) (laughs) Jovic in the middle, Gareth Bale on the right, and Rodrigo and Brahim to substitute. Yeah. Is Bale Bale in the squad list? I didn't see him. Yeah, he's in the squad list. Which is kind of surprising, because I thought he was injured still. So was I, yeah, so am I. Um, I'd say my front, front three would probably be I've got a feeling Brahim might get a start. I don't know why. I was quite impressed with him in his little cameo as well against Espanyol. Dude, every uh, freaking 10-minute cameo he's made over the last, like, 15 months has been so good. I'm just Yeah, like, he's he's a dynamo, oh. isn't he? Like, he looks like he's two-footed. 
He's, he's so direct and so energetic, but he just yeah, he look, he's just a brilliant player in that sense, and I, I'd like to see what comes of him. Um, I know he's a different like plays a different position. Sorry, I know he plays a different position from Isco, but he kind of reminds me of like that Malaga Isco, like that 2012 yeah, Isco yeah, that sure. we saw in the Champions Has League. A bit more you know, like he's kind of yeah, like that spring and like hopping his step and like the way he just moves around like so quickly. Obviously, I mean, Brahim comes with the goal scoring ability more than Isco does, but. Yeah, yeah, and then maybe Brahim, uh, sorry, Rodrigo on the on the right, um, or maybe Vinicius starts. So it's it's a hard one. Maybe maybe Rodrigo goes down the middle. Who knows? Wait, um, so which front three then? You could even play a four four two. To be fair, if you want to completely change it, I mean, you could play two in the middle, like Modric and Valverde, uh, Vinicius and um, Brahim on either side, and then Rodrigo and Jovic up top. There's some, there's some, I reckon that could be interesting. I feel like he won't start like that. Zidane, that is. I feel like he won't start like that, but... He might bring it in eventually, though. Exactly. Like, when he makes the subs, I can see him being like, all right, let's tweak the formation as well, like, switch it up. Let's see how it goes. I'd quite like to see how that works out, man. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Might have to do a FIFA I, experiment later. Oh, my <laughs> God. Stop. Those things are not real. I'm going to slap you. <laughs> I'm gonna it's buy the one. <laughs> I'm gonna buy the one thousand dollar holiday season ticket to England just to come and slap you in the face, <laughs> and then go hang I'm out with my grandma, it. have a great meal. Oh goodness me! But, Am I invited? Yeah, obviously. Why wouldn't you be invited, dude? I last thought you podcast, might. Be... I invited you to my house. Yeah, there we go. That, that I don't even own yet. Check. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, those are our starting 11s. I think it's going to be a bit of an easy game. Um, knock on wood, because we said the same thing against Espanyol, and look at how that turned out. The scoreline isn't really indicative of how the game went down. But anyway, Hassan. Oh, yeah, the interesting fact. So, Real Madrid now has 17, 1,700 La Liga wins, which is the most of any club. Zinedine Zidane is the has the fourth highest number of wins as a manager for Real Madrid. I still don't remember the other one, so F it. I don't know. it. Do you have anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? Because I start work in one minute. God bless Zizou. That's all I need to say. God bless Zizou and God bless Real Madrid. Thank you guys so much for listening. Keep tuned or like stay in touch to the website because there is always really cool pre-match content and, of course, Smash contest and always does like three key or what was it like three takeaways from the game? Yeah, I typically do like player rating, so some interesting stuff. There's recaps and all that jazz, and then of course we'll do another podcast because Real Madrid is playing on Wednesday, and we would have done a podcast on Wednesday, which won't be possible due to whatever reasons. We're thinking of doing one on Thursday, so stay tuned for that, and then we might do one after the game this weekend. As always, thank you for listening. Please share it. Follow the Real Champs at the Real Champs FS. Follow Hassan if you really need to. I think he has enough <laughs> followers. So follow me first at mnizamdin7. Then you can go follow Hassan at the Hass Kareem. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, Hala Madrid.